1892, at a jubilee of the French Union of Athletic Sports Societies, Baron Pierre de Corbetin introduced the idea of a modern Olympics. His idea was fairly vague, and it seems that even Corbetin himself did not have a clear idea what form such games would take. Two years later, Corbetin organized a meeting which brought together 79 delegates from 12 countries to discuss how to revive the Olympic Games. And the meeting established the very first International Olympic Committee and the basic framework of having the Games every four years, with the first to take place in Greece. At that meeting, the Le Havre Congress of the International Olympic Committee in 1897, Robert Stuart de Courcy Laffin represented the Headmasters Conference, the Association of Headmasters of the English Public Schools. Laffin was quite an unlikely Olympic em emissary, as neither a physical educator nor an exceptional athlete, but he brought to Le Havre a message of the true commitment for the value of organized physical activity. And when Laffin spoke at the Congress, the effect of this newly found ally led Baron de Corbetin to be convinced that a new collaborator of the most invaluable quality had come down from the heavens to help us. The friendship that developed between Corbetin and Laffin was to be profound and stable. In his presentation, Laffin spoke of the broader value of sporting activity. He said that it was through physical exercise that human beings came to know themselves better and that this, in turn, would lead to the establishment of the brotherhood of man. The endorsement of both the spiritual and physical benefits of sport were much appreciated by the audience at the Congress. Laffin presented a different slant on the potential contained within the concept of Olympism, a more overtly philanthropic, philanthropic aim which would have been recognized by the audience as highly palatable to their respective supporters at home. As a result, Robert Laffin was made a member of the International Olympic Committee in 1897, and following the first visit of the IOC to London in 1904, he was then central to the founding of the British Olympic Association a year later. He acted as honorary secretary to the BOA from 1905 until his death in 1927. He dedicated his life to the Olympic movement, blending his work seamlessly with his strong religious faith. He had become rector of this church in 1899, and he was able to balance his service between the needs of his parishioners and the struggle to ensure that the Olympic message was made more widely known. It is said of Laffin that he was not a figurehead or a helmsman, but that he was an extraordinary workhorse. It is said too that he possessed a silver tongue, what we might commonly call today the gift of the gab. 
The inscription on the 300-year-old clock that was presented to him by his co-workers on the British Olympic Council after the London Games thanked him for the kindly, tactful, and wholehearted manner in which he had carried out his duty. He is said to have served nobly and disinterestedly. To Laffan, there was significant spiritual meaning in this timely arrival of new opportunity. He attributed many qualities to the, to the Olympic movement as the vehicle for the improvement of humankind's ability to live and work together. Sometimes unrealistic in his claims for what is now such an important world phenomenon, Laffan provided great inspiration for others in the early days by devoting all his enthusiasm and working capacity to help pave the way for the future of the Games. In his view, the Olympic movement existed to achieve the perfect physical development of a new humanity, the spreading all over the world of a spirit of sport that is the spirit of the truest chivalry and the drawing together of all the nations of the earth in the bonds of peace and mutual amity. To Laffan, the Olympic movement was everything. He said, it is to me a privilege in itself to have been allowed to do something for what I consider one of the greatest concerns on earth, the cause which has as its supreme ideal peace on earth and goodwill towards men. As we have heard already, the Declaration on Sport and the Christian Life produced by Sport and Christianity argues that sport has its basis in a divinely given impulse to play and that it deserves a rightful place in, human, in Christian living. People play sport primarily for the love of the game, the thrill of competition and the sense of community that comes from participation. And when played and watched in faithfulness to God, sport then occupies a legitimate place as part of the created world and helps express our relationship to God and to one another. Laffan, however, dreamed of a greater purpose than simply that for the Olympic movement. One that was re-articulated by Pope Francis in 2016 when he said, sports make it possible to build a culture of encounter among everyone for a world of peace. I dream of sports as the practice of human dignity turned into a vehicle of fraternity. That sports may be an opportunity for friendly encounters between people and thereby contribute to the peace of the world itself. May it be so. Amen.